Hi, and welcome to the LifeWay Kids podcast. My name is Jeffrey Reed. I'm one of the directors at LifeWay Kids, and I'm glad you're with us today. Uh, with us today uh, in the studio, we have Bill Emiot. Say hi, Bill. Hi, Jeffrey. Hello. And uh, Bill, you've been in, uh, in working with kids for a long time. T- tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do here at LifeWay. Well, I serve as the lead kids ministry specialist, and basically, Jeffrey, that means that we are responsible for leadership development and training both on our ministry resources here at LifeWay and then kids' ministry in general. Nice. Now, you ha- you work with directly, I mean, you obviously work with our team, but you are, in essence, you're in the field a lot. You work with kids' ministry leaders a lot. Um, and now, Bill, you do, we do something here at LifeWay called the Beta Conference. Uh, you are in the field a lot. I mean, you really mm-hmm. you meet with ministry leaders a lot. But tell yes. us just real briefly about the Beta Conference. Beta Conference is an opportunity for young kids' ministers. Traditionally, we're talking in two years or less in ministry. Newbies. Newbies. To come into LifeWay and um, get to know us, get to know who we are. We get to know who they are. We share ministry stories. We give them some um some of the ropes. We, we help them on that first couple years of ministry, get them to know who we are. We take them out to eat. We, we fellowship with them. We share with them some of our resources and philosophy of kids' ministry and just have a great time. comes around four times a year. It's a small group, about 25 in each group. It's by invitation only, but yet we take recommendations from anybody. Yeah. Well, when you, you know, I've seen you lead those, and that's one reason I wanted to talk to you about this topic today. But I want to make it clear to those listening that uh, this might seem like a one-on-one topic, but the the, the fact is um, I think some of us can easily get into a rut of how we set up our classrooms. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're talking about today is how how really to set up a classroom or small group space. We can get into a rut and forget that, man, there might be something new that we can do, or maybe we, maybe some of the things we are doing work great. So if you're listening to this and you've been in children's ministry a while, maybe it'll affirm some of the things you do, but you might right. learn some new things. And it's important, no matter what you do, to always think about what you do and to, to do everything intentionally. Mm-hmm. So we're not just going through the motions and also to be able to invest and lead others to be able to articulate what it is we do to others. And so that's why I wanted to... Uh, ask you some questions before I do I want to sort of set up what I mean by setting up a classroom and uh, we've seen an evolution in the church in children's ministry in the last 15 to 20 years when traditionally uh, up until probably the 90s you really didn't have anything other than a Sunday school classroom so you know I didn't grow up in the church but when I did visit on occasion it was the it was literally a cinder block classroom with mm-hmm. a, with an adult in there that was usually the age of my grandmother and and then a, a flannel board and uh, and I really don't remember anything else but I remember those things that stuck visually in my mind so that is that is actually one definition that is still true for Certainly. many churches and I, and when you're talking about setting up a classroom i think it's important to understand what you're setting up for yeah different churches are going to set up different ways yeah. there's so, some basic principles that we can all follow and that's what i want to focus mm-hmm. on because there's we don't you know 
there are some that philosophically think it's bad to have kids at tables, that they should be around a carpet on the floor, which right. which is a model. And in some sure. cases, you don't have a choice. I was in a portable church once, and we didn't have rooms or tables. Like, we had to get those round carpets and put them in. We actually met in the hallway, so that was our classroom. Mm-hmm. So what we do want to talk about is uh, is sort of the common ground for all children's ministry small groups. So I'm going to define classroom today as that place where kids are going to gather either on a Sunday morning or in some cases for churches, it might be Saturday night. It could even be the Wednesday night midweek sure. event and Sunday night. There's, I mean, you could have small groups whenever, but we're talking about the physical environment, what it means to set up that classroom. And so I want right. to just um, listen to you as you help us unpack what that's like. And so this is something that a kids ministry leader that's new to ministry could listen to or a veteran sure. that might get some new ideas. So, um, what kind of um, – this is a basic question, and I, and I need to ask this. What kind of person tends to find their joy in being a small group leader? This is not so much about environment, but as that right. person. Well, one part of the environment would be the emotional environment. So that does kind of fit in yeah, that's true. because a person who would enjoy being a small group leader enjoys relationships because that's what small group's about. Large group, it's hard to make these big – these one-on-one relationships – but in a small group, that's when that can happen. So, so you, you don't want the person that says, I don't like kids. Exactly. Small group leader. You might can get by with that up on the stage, but you wouldn't get by with that in a small group. Or as your greeter no. or maybe even a tech person if you have that in your children's ministry. So somebody who loves kids and enjoys being with them. Yeah. Well, man, that's – I mean, we you need to ask that because mm-hmm. sometimes uh, children's ministry leaders will recruit, and they just want warm bodies in yeah. there. And, and it, sometimes we get in that. That rut. Gotta be careful. Yeah, it'd be better to have a few leaders that, that really love kids and want to see them know the Lord than twenty leaders that are just kind of filling in our, you know, the spaces we need in volunteer world. Um, well, what? Um, let's look at the classroom. Look at the place, the space uh, during the weekend, and let's kind of start from the beginning. It's okay. Now, there's one thing we need to talk about. Some churches meet in a portable environment, right? So they're not going to have the. And what I mean by that, because you may not even know what that means. Well, coming into a, a school or some. You've other, done that. You mm-hmm. actually just served yes. with a church that was using somebody else's facility, right? So you can't go in on Wednesday and prep your room. No. But you could show up early and get those things done. So what what happens whether you're in a portable church in a barred place or you have your own place? What should happen before kids even show up? Well, I I think it's important that we. Regardless what your space is, it, space is, if it's portable space or if it's permanent space, it's clean. I think clean is important. You know, cleanliness is next to godliness. I don't know if that's true or not, but I do know that clean space is important. And you may have to go in and do some of that. If, you're, if you don't have a crew that comes in before you or you're not in a setting where you can be ensured that it will be clean, that may be part of your preparation is going in there and cleaning. <laughs> Um, the floor, just yeah. making sure that it's clean or clutter-free or or perhaps moving things off to the side so that you can focus on your small group um, and, and build those relationships without being distracted by, I don't know, whatever else might be there. Even in a, in a traditional space. Dust bunnies. In a, in a traditional space, we share. Uh, you know, on one night, there may be one group in that room, and another week, uh, another t- week night, there's another group in there, and then on Sunday morning, there you are. So you you may need to go in and think about cleaning up a little bit. Yeah. Even if you, you, you know, you don't want to take for granted that your church might have a cleaning crew or somebody that comes in and does it. Sometimes it might get overlooked or might get forgotten. Our, our church has a campus that meets in an elementary school lunchroom, and so you can't clean that smell out. It smells like a right. lunchroom, but the floors are clean, and so we, we can, at least our parents feel 
feel good. You want your parents when they drop their kids right. off to at least look like it's a clean place. And while that's physical, it also is emotional because it sets some a lot of emotions off in it's all connected. In, mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah. That's a great word. What else can they do in that space to kind of prep uh, before kids arrive? Uh, well, again, I, I break it down three ways: the floor, the ceiling, and the walls. So what a, you know we're going to clean the floor we're going to make sure that carpet that linoleum whatever it is is clean and ready to be used some some churches or, or some settings you're going to have uh, tables and chairs yeah. some settings you're going to have chairs some settings you're going to have adult furniture which might not be ideal you may need to remove some of that thing, yeah. some of those things. Or, or big kids them. in the little preschool chairs sometimes can be just as bad. And you know what? They don't chairs wanna... can be used as tables. And floors can be used as chairs. Good word. So yeah. you can take whatever you've been given and, and, and make sure it's ready. So get the floor set. Get it clean. Get get your floor space. I think that kids learn best when we join God in the way he created them to learn. And I believe that most children are active. And in order for them to learn best, it's going to require activity. Mm-hmm. Now, some of our listeners are not going to be able to go and, and, and push out walls and, and create new space. <laughs> get the tables out of the but room. You can and, yeah. get the tables out of the room and create more square footage um, for active learning. Let me ask you this, and occasionally, uh, as you know me well, I like to interrupt. Uh, mm-hmm. But I'll interrupt you because I do have this, this thought because some leaders, they feel like uh, the best learning environment is a consistent one where it's the same every week when kids come in. And I'd say in school that might be the case. There's an expectation that kids have. But, you know, on, on a weekend in a church, you may have a kid there that never been there before. How is it or, or what would you recommend to a leader that maybe wants to, okay, this week we're going to stand around the tables. Next week we're going to be on the floor. That They want to mix it up a little bit. Is that good or bad? What are the pros and cons to that? I think mixing it up, mixing it up can be good. Um, I think you need to know your kids well enough to know how that's going to set them off. Good call. Yeah, you know, some, some kids, kids yeah. don't do well with mixing it up. But generally speaking, making it something that they're getting in too much of a routine can be dangerous. Routine is good, but it can be dangerous if you're in too much of a routine. So mixing it up it is fine. Okay. That's good. That's a good word. Well, what about – I like that the thing you said about floor, uh, ceiling. What What's the deal with the ceiling? You know, uh, lighting is important in a small ah, group good. setting. Yes. Now, in, in a large group setting, in some of our churches, we're, we're going with turn the lights down, do some up lighting in the corners and a – spotlight in them that works when you're not trying to build relationships that's a good call that's a great word so you're going to want to make sure in a small group setting that you've got lighting that's appropriate and that may mean that you will have to deal with that um you may need to bring in a lamp um in the room we're in right now there's no there there's no windows um there's a lot of churches no offense drew in our (laughs) studio here that's just the way we have it set up because it is a recording studio but no good point and there are churches i've been in them i I served in a church where they decided they would create a, a kid's building and it was a solar and so they had no windows uh Ideally, we would have lighting. We'd have some kind of lighting that that allows boys and girls to to read the Bible or to delve into a, maybe a, a, a worksheet or a, a coloring page or, or some kind of hands-on activity that in a dark setting would be a problem. So, you know, you're going to want to think about the ceiling. I, I go into a lot of churches where they you look around and you see things that you 
you think, how in the world do they not see that big spot on the ceiling? Um, uh. And But you're there so much that you never even think about it. I like to encourage teachers to think about those families who don't come every week, who may walk into your your situation for the first time, and they're looking. They're looking at the floor. They're looking at the ceiling. They're looking at the walls. What do they see? And if it's a big brown spot where it's been leaking four years ago, it might yeah. be time to, to replace that tile. Yeah. If your first impression isn't good, it could be the last, and, and you want to avoid that. Uh, so I like that. And so... Uh, we've talked about the floor and the ceiling. Those are great things to think about visually speaking. Okay, let's look at the walls and, and what goes on the walls because uh, you have a plethora of places here. I was in a, a church plan in North Atlanta, and we actually, our kids' ministry met in the dance studio. So we had a full wall of mirrors. The other wall was outside, so we didn't have any lighting control. Uh, we had a <laughs> we had one of those wooden rails right. on one on the mirrored wall. So you can imagine with like kids <laughs> just wanting, that's the, their new play gym. Mm-hmm. And so we had to deal with with all that, we thought about what we put up. How, what do you recommend for leaders in setting up the room? What goes on the wall? What should come down? How much prep should they do? Right. I, I, I think it's important to say I can share with you my recommendations, but you have to sprinkle your reality over top of that. <laughs> so if your reality is mirrors and, and, and windows, and you know, then that's your reality. So don't be discouraged that you may not be able to live up to a recommendation. Just make the best of it. Yeah. You know, ideally, I think that um, most children that I deal with today are 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 not are easily distracted. And if I'm teaching in a small group a small group setting, I'm wanting them to be focused. So yeah. if on my walls I have a plethora of things that have nothing to do with what I'm teaching today. I think it could cause them to lose their focus. So while I wouldn't go into a room and say, we have nothing on the wall, you know, that that's probably not appropriate. And it should all be beige. That's probably not appropriate any longer either in my mind. I do think the, the less we can put for them to get distracted by, the better. So maybe we do some decorating. Sorry, did, you, did you say something? I was looking at this <laughs> exactly. poster. I am like that. So I the less then. we – maybe around the room we have some decorations or, or pictures or posters, but then we have a focal wall that's kind of clean and clear of, of distractions other than what we're, we're focusing in on on that day. I see a lot of churches who put up things that are permanent. It concerns me. And they'll be they'll be biblical biblically accurate depictions of something. Probably the most famous in kids' ministry is Noah and the Ark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then we study Noah once a year, maybe twice a year, and he's up the whole time. So I, I get concerned about is that distracting boys and girls from studying or focusing in on other Bible stories that we're teaching during the year. Again, you have to sprinkle your reality on on our um, recommendations. Um, I think that uh, soft colors work well. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that we have to um, stay away from focal walls or pops of, of color but a softer tone probably gives us uh, the climate that we're looking for. In most small group settings, or a lot of small group settings, are going to be in smaller classrooms. So if you paint with too bold of color, it's going to make it feel even smaller. smaller. Yeah. So you, you think through that. I, I like a, 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 a soft tone on the wall and then a pop on a focal wall. 
of a of a strong color. I think that works that works for me at least. Yep. Almost everything we've talked about I had to deal with this year. My wife and I were teaching a class on Wednesday nights at our church and we were teaching older elementary school kids in a preschool room that the church used for during the day as a as a child as a preschool uh mom's day out type thing. So I got larger kids in small chairs that they already feel like they're not supposed to be sitting there. Those are for little kids. Mm-hmm. So we would do that. And then we had all kinds of stuff around the room that was really aimed at preschoolers. So we did our best to kind of aim. We sat them in a direction so they're facing one direction. And we would take stuff off the wall and put up only what we were talking about. Shared that space and, is difficult. And, and yeah. even in the best settings, it can be challenging. And, and, and it's tr- the norm now. And it's traditionally, the, the person who's there the most owns the room. So if you're there... Um, <laughs> Nine to five on Monday through Friday, then you get to own the room. Uh, I think we need to be 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 considerate of each other and negotiate per, and negotiate space. some space and yeah. and even if it's not a full day program like you've described, it it could be that that your missions organization is a little stronger than in decorating than you are, and so everything up there is a globe and a mission and a you know and then. But we, I think we need to be considerate with who else is in the room. And one of the ways that I've I've figured out how to do that is meet together, not just talk about each other behind our backs, but get everybody who's teaching in that room in the room together and have a conversation about what each of us do. And then all of a sudden I feel different about you leaving something up on the wall that may not pertain to what I'm teaching. And maybe you will too feel yeah. differently about about okay, I'll take this down. It's Friday afternoon. I'll put it back up on Monday morning because yeah. I know Jeffrey's coming in and he's got a big deal he's doing here. He's teaching these kids about God on Sunday morning too. So. Yeah, and I I remember coming in uh, one night. I'm just a volunteer in our church. I'm not. I'm on staff there, even though I work here at Lifeway uh, as one of the kids directors. I I came in and there was a big sign on there that said, "Do not touch anything in this cabinet." Mm. And even the way I'm saying it may not have been the intention of when the, of how they but wrote that's it. That's the way you read it. But I was like, "Do not touch anything in this cabinet." And um, and for you, Jeffrey, that meant touch. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. It did actually. What I did was, um, I wrote "Okay" on the sign and I rearranged everything in the cabinet. Uh, yeah. Well, the, sometimes we have to be careful. You know, we're dealing in most cases. Most of the people, some of the people listening to this podcast, actually are not paid. They're volunteers. Volunteers sure, in the probably ministry. most. They might be the directors, and then they're leading other volunteers. And so, most people are not getting paid to do this, and mm-hmm. they're doing it because they want to. So, we want to encourage that and, and really consider how none of the space we have is really ours anyway. Right. It's all borrowed space. Even if we fully own the church, even if we're the only one that uses a particular class, now my church has moved from that type of setting to we have multiple spaces now, and most of the classes that is actually our classroom. Mm-hmm. Nobody else uses it. But it's still not ours. It's no. never ours. And so I think in this whole podcast episode, as we talk about setting up our space in our room, none of it's ours. And God's given it. It's all temporary, whether it's just an hour or a week or a few years or a lifetime. Right. It, none of it's going to be here forever. And it's just space God's given us for that particular time. We do whatever we can do to be the most effective teacher. Well, I want to throw you for a loop here, which, you know, <laughs> of course, I don't ever do this either. Um, if you had a toolbox, if you were a small group leader – so now we have space, but I've noticed with my wife and I, as we teach first graders in our church, it really the way we teach hasn't changed. Even when we had a portable a room that we were borrowing, 
what is if you had a toolbox for leaders and you're like you know you always need to have this with you for like a kids ministry director and sure. say if you don't know a hot glue gun you're not in the right business <laughs> uh, but for a small group leader or a Sunday school teacher if they had one of those little carts they rolled around and many of them do mm-hmm. we actually have one even though we have a classroom what goes in that that's going to make you know something you might need from time to time or something you might use every week what are those essential things that are going to help them have an effective classroom experience that they could, you know, if you recommended things you should always have with you? Well, I think there's there's a a, a group of things that you're going to use. Let's assume elementary, too, by the right, way. Right, okay. Age. Scissors, glue, pencils, pen, paper, construction paper, all those essentials. And I think um, mm-hmm. a lot of curriculums um, that you read, Sunday school curriculums, Bible study curriculums, assume so all the assumptives are in there. Yeah, and you're so. assuming there's probably, hopefully, a stack of Bibles in the room for the right. kids that don't bring them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's not something that most or leaders have to care. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so you've got your the, the things you can that we will assume are there. But in addition to those things, you might want to have some uh, tape, uh, marvelous tape, or some kind of tape that is what did you just say there's a brand of teacher tape that doesn't supposedly take paint off the wall so marvelous this tape. could be a secret wow you uh, may have just well, shared something of valuable maybe tool. but it, it's out marvelous there and tape. it's do i have to say it like that marvelous it's not marvelous it's marvelous okay. there's no r in it um but anyhow mo- uh, some kind of tape or something that's um or putty or something that's approved that you can use to put things on the wall that then can come off without destroying the wall. Um, so you'd want you'd want to have some of those things in there as well. Um, hot glue guns, things like that are, are things that you use occasionally in the presence of children. Um, it's almost more of the kind of thing that you'd have in your in your toolbox or your your trunk box or that yeah. you wouldn't bring in but you know m- most people are surprised at how few resources we really do need on an ongoing basis in a elementary school classroom mm-hmm. now in um again you'll check out your curriculum because there will be recommendations Supply that are lists. unique for each yeah. each week depending on what the um, activity is that's going to help reinforce the biblical content, if it's a craft or if it's music or if it's drama or if it's a game or or whatever. One of my favorite things to have in my kit, though, is a kush ball, one of those soft balls. 50 games with that thing. You can, you know, if nothing else works, um, memory verse hot potato works every time. You know, we're going to throw that ball back and forth, and, and nobody can really get hurt by it if it hits them in the head, but... That's that's one of my staples that I, I share. Always have a kush ball. I didn't hear you mention bucket of slime. Would you not recommend no, that? No, not in a small Shoot. group. Okay. <laughs> Bag of glass. It becomes too nothing. personal. Okay. <laughs> nice. Well, man, those are great things. My, I know my wife and I. Every beginning of every school year, we buy we go out and buy a big thing of crayons. We like you know I like the right. crayons with the tips. Mm-hmm. After Me about too. a month, they there are those little nubs without wrappers on them, and the kids are like trying to. Anyway, crayons, yeah. markers, um, washable Paper. markers, oh, all those yeah. things that are for almost free as back to school supplies. Always, I yep. 
And I know this is going to be a small percentage of people listening to this. If your church can possibly afford it, only because it engages kids in a different way, I would never suggest this in lieu of the other stuff. But as, uh, if you have kids that can bring them, do. But interaction on the on the smart devices, iPhones and iPads, especially with the Lifeway curriculum, every curriculum we produce now has a, a, a app, that, free app that mm-hmm. comes with it that they can interact on. And uh, so that's something that's going to be on the horizon, right. I think, in the next 10 to 15 years. And I think most, most yeah. seasoned teachers or who've been doing it as long as I have, um, have had to come full circle on that. Yeah. Because we used to say, put that away, don't bring yeah. that here, it's not welcome here. But I'm beginning to understand and beginning to realize that it's second nature to kids. And we want them to feel like the truth of God's Word is relevant. And if we're not allowing them to use their relevant devices, then they may have a misconception. So Figuring that out and getting that in your classroom in some way, I think, is valuable. Yeah, the digital screen is the flannel board of it the is. 21st century. Uh, we may have And on the other hand, I watch screen. people who use flannel boards and kids are just mesmerized. They knock by it them. out. It's amazing. They do a great job. And especially, we actually, at Lifeway, still produce those for the mission field because cool. in a lot of cases, they don't have electricity. But it is kind of cool. How did that stick up there on mm-hmm. that felt? Kids act like they don't cut felt anymore. You know why? It's because they get those new foamy pieces now that are pre-cut. Right. What happened to the day when we had to cut out felt and it stretched and I think we should start a trend. Okay, good luck with that. <laughs> Bill, thanks so much for being with us. This is great, uh, great insights on, uh, on setting up a classroom. Uh, thanks for your expertise. Thanks for your heart for not just kids' ministry, but serving leaders uh, across the country and all the, all the stuff and training you do. Um, I'm grateful to serve with you here at Lifeway. Thank you guys for listening at home uh, at the Lifeway Kids uh, podcast. My name is Jeffrey Reed. We're so glad that you tuned in today, and we truly hope that uh, God will use you in ways bigger than you can imagine to reach more kids and families than you ever thought possible with the hope of Jesus Christ. Have a great day.